Hello and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast. This is episode 14. My name is Mark and today I am very, very excited uh, to invite a really, really special guest today, Mr. Jaswan Shergal. How are we doing, Jazz? Hi, Mark. Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, mate. You're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to join us. So, uh, wow, where to, where to begin with Jazz? So, Jazz, yeah. is, a, Jazz is a member of, uh, member of MSC Performance. Um, he's uh, an unbelievable uh, weightlifter, um, reigning British champion, reigning English champion, uh, British record holder in the 61 kilo class for the clean and jerk. Um, with I've had to write the number down 131 kilo clean and jerk, <laughs> which isn't your best clean and jerk, by the way. We'll no. get into that a bit, uh, a bit later. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jazz has um, got a long, long history of, uh, of weightlifting and is currently working towards the 2022 Commonwealth Games, which are to be held. Uh, of course, in in Birmingham. Um, so, really looking forward to this uh, this chat. So, it's going to be a very sort of soft interview style, and we're going to sort of ask uh, Jazz a load of questions and, and get some insight into what it's like being an elite athlete, um, what it's like training in uh, in lockdown, and a bit of history of how he's got to where he's got and what what lies uh, in store for the for the future. So. Uh, yeah, as well, it's worth saying, as well as his athletic achievements, uh, Jazz is uh, probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet, <laughs> and you, um, is a is a true uh, kind of symbol of what we you know of, of a perfect uh, sort of model member of MSC. So one of our um, core values is uh, is the is the word humble, and I think for anyone who knows Jazz, uh, the coaches and the members will will agree that. There's no one more humble than this guy. Um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll rock up into the gym. Uh, if you didn't know how good he was, like, <laughs> you wouldn't have a clue. Um, you know, uh, just rock, rocks in, very polite, says hello to everyone, cracks on, and before you know it, he's, you know, clean and jerking 140 kilos behind <laughs> you. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. But um, Jazz, is a, Jazz is a great help for, you know, you know very encouraging to all our members and... Um, you know, obviously at MSC, we, we encourage people of all sorts of ability, ability level, um, doesn't, doesn't really come into it for us. It's obviously nice to have elite athletes like Jazz, but we also take on beginners. Um, but Jazz really incorporates everything that we're all about where there's no, you know, there's absolutely zero intimidation. Everyone's very welcome. And the top guys like Jazz, you know, are so supportive and welcoming and helpful for, uh, for you know, for for the rest of the guys, and we're all, you know, in, inspired as well by um, by, by you, mate. So uh, yeah. you know, thanks I think for that, it. It comes from the top as well, like the way the gym's run from you guys, uh, Luke, Sonia, Ben. Uh, you know, I think everyone there has that same that same attitude. So it's definitely a great atmosphere at MSC. Thanks, mate. That's awesome. Wicked. Um, so, mate, I guess like where to start? Obviously, it's a bit of a strange time at the moment with the uh, uh, with the lockdown. Like, how's your, how's your how's your training going? How how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, at first, training was very difficult. Uh, I think because uh, I work as a teacher as well, so we we were plunged into a lot of like uncertainty uh, with teaching. Uh, we had to uh, change to like completely online teaching. So the stress of adjusting to that. Uh, at first made it very difficult to kind of get some consistency with training uh but i'm getting there you know building the consistency uh and now i feel like you know i've kind of got established my routine again and uh you know i'm excited about my goals again and i'm um, looking, looking forward to like competing again hopefully hopefully in the summer it, fall, it falls well <laughs> amazing mate so were you um are you sort of training out the out the garage out your garage or in your front room or outside yeah, how's it working got a little uh, a little room like in the garden so it's yeah. pretty well kitted out like i've been waiting for a long time so uh, we've accumulated like a lot of equipment uh, you know my, my family's all into training uh, my daddy got me into weightlifting like uh, he really values like strength sports so you know uh, got plenty of kit fortunately <laughs> amazing mate amazing and what's the um you know, obviously, the the main goal, imagine now, is working towards the the Commonwealths in twenty twenty two. Obviously, you're a you're a Brummy lad yourself. You know, uh, born and raised. So how 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 does it first of all how does it feel to have the Commonwealth Games in in Birmingham? I mean, fingers crossed, obviously with COVID. Yes. <laughs> how, how does it feel, and what you know, what's what's going on in terms of the prep for that? 
yeah, I mean, it, that, that feels amazing. I mean, I, I don't normally, like, with, with my aspirations, I don't, I don't normally time my aspirations to competitions. Like, I, I never think, like, oh, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, compete at this competition, I want to win this medal. I don't usually, I don't kind of have that outlook. Uh, I used to, but a lot when I was younger, I, I used to, like, daydream about going to this competition, that competition, uh, winning medals at internationals. But, but, uh, but now I'm, I'm all just committed to, like, the process of just being a better weightlifter, like that's really cool. what drives me. Uh, that's that's all my goal is. So I'm more committed to the process rather than daydreaming about like competitions. Uh, but the special thing about about this, I think I'll be 29 at the Birmingham Games, so I feel like I'll be at, I'll be at my peak. Uh, so I think this uh, Commonwealth Games being in Birmingham will just make it special, just because uh, I have my family there, my friends there, and I feel like it'll be a real like defining checkpoint in my in my career. So. So for, for that reason, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mate, absolutely buzzing. We'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be there as well, mate, for sure. Yeah. Um, Rep- rapid MSC, of course. <laughs> of course, mate. Of course, of course. We'll all, we'll all support in our MSC singlets as well. You'll be able to see oh, us mate. in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how how cool is it just having like the Commonwealth in Birmingham? Man? That's like, I'm not sure it sunk in for for me, but for you as a an athlete, you know, as a as a competitive athlete. Um, that, that's incredible, isn't it? I know. I mean, it, it, it just feels kind of poetic and it, it just makes it yeah. feel like my time. And, you know, that, that's what's, you know, yeah. what's motivating me. I really want to give a good account of myself. Like, yeah. for me, it's not about the fact that it's a Commonwealth Games. It's not about the fact that it's like a prestigious event. It's yeah. just the, the fact that, you know, it's just in my home, my home city. Uh, I'll, be at my, I'll be at my peak. I, I want to re- really like, give a good account of myself. And, you know, I have family there, friends there, you guys, you know, you guys there at the gym. So it'll just be special for that reason. And, you know, it's, it's really like, motivating me. Fantastic, mate. I'm not, I've no doubt you're making a, a great account of yourself. So uh, you. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, mate. Um, yeah, so um, with the, j- just going back to actually, you're talking about um, sort of focusing on, on the, on the, on the processes rather than the outcome. Yeah. I find that, I find that really interesting. Um, I read, um, um, a book by a guy called Bill Walsh who's an American football. Uh, okay. And, um, the, the, the title of the book is the score takes, uh, the score takes care of itself. Uh, exactly. and I think that's really interesting. <laughs> like he goes, he goes into massive depth on, you know, preparation details, uh, training, making sure like you're, you're, um, getting all, all those, you know, the, the things that people can't see, you know, getting those details right. And then, yeah. you know, for, you know, transferring that onto the stage is like, okay, I'm so well drilled. I'm so practiced. I'm just in the zone. And, and that, you know, is going to, is going to literally take care of itself. Yeah. So, so for you, is that, how, is that how you think? So when you're on the, when you're on the platform, you're not necessarily thinking of that competition in two weeks, you're thinking of the day to day, and get exactly. the prep right so yeah. it's a nice smooth transition into competition yeah i think the quote i haven't heard that quote before but i think it perfectly encapsulates encapsulates my approach to competing uh, i've been competing for a long time so that like people are surprised it's actually like my 16th year of weightlifting <laughs> well, so yeah, that's, yeah and i'm only 20 28 just so people are always surprised when uh, when they find out how long i've been competing for so i think that approach is just come through experience so when i was younger sometimes i would like overanalyze details I would get anxious thinking, think, you know, projecting like my goals in, in a couple of weeks of the competition. Uh, but then I just learned that it means nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, your, your performance is dictated by, by what you've done in training. And it's about your ability to like manage your thoughts. It's not like your performance is already dictated by, your, by what you've done in training, mm. uh, by your preparation. Yeah. So I really think committing to the process is uh, like you said, the outcome takes takes care of itself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's fascinating, like especially with a with a sport like weightlifting, where you know the you know, there's no time to to think or analyze performance in the moment. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you've got gaps in between lifts, but like you know, you you lift to one to three seconds, maybe exactly. you know, um, yeah. or, or less than that with the speed you lift at, mate. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 almost like you don't want to overanalyze on the on the day. Um, your thinking work's probably done with your breakdowns and your technical bits in the in the yeah. gym, isn't it? And then on the day, um, you know, it's keeping that keeping that clear clear mind and just exactly. let just letting it flow, just being in that flow that uh, you hear sort of elite athletes and coaches talking about. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think uh, like 
with mental toughness as well. I think I'm, I'm really good at performing. And I think uh, a big part of that is like my ability to like manage my thoughts. Uh, I think a lot of people think mental toughness is being able to like talk yourself up or like psych yourself up. But for me, it's, it's kind of the opposite kind of thing. It's more about being able to like let go. Like yeah. I think that takes a lot of bravery and that takes a lot of resilience to, to be able to like let go of negative thoughts and, uh, and just kind of just let go and just understand that you've done the preparation uh, you've done the training. Uh, what will be, will be. The only thing that can sabotage you is is is, is letting the thoughts get to you. Yeah. So for me, like like mental toughness, you know, it's not like about psyching yourself up. It's about having the strength to just let go and say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna like perform my heart out and yeah. you know, I've done my training, I've done my preparation, I'm confident in that, and uh, just about letting go. Mate, that's amazing. Like, and it does come with experience, doesn't it? Definitely. I think like when you, when you're young and like, I can only, I can only relate from more of a sort of team sport point of view in rugby, but like, it, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and probably in, in rugby, the days of like, you know, you used to all get around in the huddle and it'd be the guy yeah. in the middle giving it, giving it the beans and going, going mad and like trying to psych yourself <laughs> up. But it's actually like, you know, you're, um, I think especially when you get a sort of decent level and above, like you're dealing with guys who, who want it anyway. That's a given. You, know, exactly. you, don't, you don't need yeah. that. You don't need that kind of um, outside motivation. Yeah. Um, and as you say, like if we're not well prepared for a Saturday, like if we, you know, if we're training well during the week as a team on a Tuesday, Thursday night, I've done my individual prep right. I turn up on a Saturday and I'm very much, I may be learning this really in the last couple of years, but like yeah. I'm very much trying to be actually a bit more relaxed bit more exactly. like just in in the flow because for for me personally like I've had my worst games when I've been like sort of over worried about the the outcome the result yeah. the performance of me personally so I think yeah there's a lot of synergy there between the between two different sports Definitely. Really interesting. something you said uh important as well about not about the the unimportance of like ex- external motivation almost I feel like yeah you know, you can have all the external motivation, you can feel pumped up, you know, you can watch a Rocky montage before you come before <laughs> the game. Yeah. But when you're, when it's your third attempt, when you're on top of that bar, like, all that vanishes, do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like, all that vanishes, and what it comes down to is, like, what you have inside that internal motivation. And I imagine yeah. it's the same with rugby, like, you know, when you've got a guy running at you or when you're running for, like, a try or whatever all that external motivation disappears, you know, uh, it's all about what you have inside. Yeah. So I really think like cultivating like the internal process, uh, you know, focusing on like the process of training preparation, that, yeah. that, that's where it is. That's, that's where your focus should be. You know, I think like, yeah, that when you, when you play your best in rugby, I mean, like is when you, when you're in that flow, you know, you're in that flow and it's that perfect, like anxiety arousal, like balance that, yeah. you know, you sort of learn about and um it's uh that, that's when that's when you're the best and i imagine like it's very similar for for weightlifting actually it's really interesting mate like sports psychology is such a huge like obviously there's you know the a massive thing is obviously the the physical prep towards you yeah. your competition and like you've got the you've got the volume and the intensities in the bank ready for that yeah. that showdown but you know that that's a that's a given, and we we know about that. But like the the psychological thing is really interesting. I think it's, it's like probably, I think it's probably the most undervalued area of sports science, if if I'm honest. Like across yeah, the board, I, all sports. Yeah. I think I credit like a lot of my success just to like my mental approach as well, just to that uh, so that psychological approach. Like, I mean, if you get like <clears throat> if you get like the top five, top six, sixty sevens in the country, I've probably got the lowest squat probably got the lowest deadlift like I'm not like I'm not the strongest guy on comp day but I think it's like my ability to perform like my will uh my mental game I think that's what like separates me and I think that's what allows me to kind of like outperform like like, like my own like uh my own like potential maybe yeah uh, yeah it's it's so important mate 100% like absolutely huge isn't it like maybe it maybe allows you to you know, to, to, to punch above maybe yeah. where your strength levels are at. And your strength levels are obviously very good, but <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just giving you the ability to push on a little bit and someone, yeah. someone get else. The, like, get, get the most out of your body, I think, the better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's, that's brilliant, mate. That's awesome. I mean, the, in, in terms of mental strength, um, 
we're going to go into the British champs, <laughs> uh, the British uh, championships in 2019 a little bit later. But that, like that, for me, I, I saw a different side of you there, yeah. where that focus, mate. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And I don't think I've seen the mental strength that it took when mm. when you went for that last lift. But we'll we'll go into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so like when, when when we do talk about it, yeah, you mentioned about confidence and preparation. Like the reason we'll go, we'll expand on it later, but uh, it, it was it was confidence and preparation. Like that, you just knew, that, man. You just knew, like. It was, uh, I've never seen such like self-belief and confidence in, in, in what was a very difficult moment, but yeah. I won't, we won't spoil any more, we'll get into that <laughs> a bit later. I want to go off piece slightly, mate, and just talk about like your, uh, your, your career. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously you're an elite weightlifter, but you also have a job alongside that. Um, yep. You know, there's not the luxury of, you know, some other full-time sports like football mm-hmm. or or rugby even like you know things like that so you you know you're a, you're a teacher and mm-hmm. um how how do you how, how do you balance being a an elite weightlifter and a, a teacher as well how, yeah. how does that work i mean honestly like i, I think this answer will like uh it's probably what, what, what won't be what people expect but i really think that if you're if you want it bad enough like you'll make the necessary adjustments to your lifestyle and like, if you really care, like, you'll get rid of the superfluous things. You'll commit your time to what's important. You won't spend your time doing things that you don't actually find meaning in. And, you know, you'll, you'll find there is actually a lot of time in the day to, to be able to balance training and, mm. and, uh, and work. I think really, like, you know, I could, give, I, could, I could talk about, like, routine tips. I could talk about, like, uh, you know, like how I manage, like, my to-do list or whatever. But really what it comes down to is just wanting it enough i think yeah yeah 100 percent. i really I think, think that's what it comes down to yeah i think being passionate I, about uh being passionate about it like because i'm passionate about weightlifting because i'm passionate about teaching uh that dictates my priorities so that's what i prioritize yeah. you know yeah. i live quite a simple life i don't do superfluous things like i do the thing, things the things i put my time towards are, are things i care about and that's really the core of i think why i've been able to be successful Balancing a career with weightlifting, like that's really like the core of it. I think. Amazing. Like, there's 24 hours in a day. That's never going to change, is it? Yeah. So you know, you, you take your sleep out of the equation, you take your work out of the equation, and then you've got a certain amount um, left to to work with. And it's you know, it's often more time than people people think. Um, yeah. And uh, like you say, it's, it's prioritizing, isn't it? And you're gonna, you yeah. know, if you've got a passion for something, you you know, you you're likely to prioritize, aren't you? So. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you if you care enough, like you'll make the necessary adjustments. I, I imagine it's the same with you, like running a gym, uh, and like doing your own training, and then having your rugby. Like it's because you're uh, you're, you're passionate about your work at the gym. Uh, you're passionate about rugby. You're passionate about training. Uh, you, you yeah. commit your time uh, how you how you need to, you know, to accomplish your goals. Yeah. You don't feel bummed out about oh I don't have enough time to do this to do that because you're spending your time how you want. Uh, yeah, you're given by your goals, so it's. I imagine it's the same kind of approach that we both we both have. Yeah, I imagine, yeah, I think it is, mate. Yeah, I think like for for me, I think when starting the gym, it would have been very easy to have stopped the rugby and given up the rugby. Um, but there's just something inside you, isn't there? That you know, you just you just want to do it. You know, it's just a burning desire, and then because of that, you you find a way to to make it make it work. And you know, maybe one or two other things get get sacrificed, but. That's that's what you've got to do, isn't it? If you want to, yeah, you know, if you want to try and ex- try and excel in something, you know, definitely. And that word sacrifice, I think, is interesting as well. <laughs> if you, if when it's a choice, <clears throat> so when you, if you if you choose to spend your time doing one thing, uh, it becomes a choice to not have sacrifice, and it becomes a positive thing. It becomes a negative uh, rather than a negative thing. Like I don't feel like I'm missing out because I've like sacrificed something. Uh, yeah. I've, I've chosen. I've chosen to put weightlifting on top of those it's a choice. Things. Yeah, exactly. I've chosen yeah. to put uh, teaching on. Uh, I've chosen to prioritize that over other things, and I'm happy about that. I don't yeah, feel like I'm awesome. something. I don't feel like I'm missing out. That's how I want to live my life, and I'm happy about that. That's quality, mate. That's that's a fantastic mindset. Like, it's not not everybody's always like that. You'll hear some people say, "Oh, yeah, you know, I can't do this, can't do that." Cause yeah. I'm <laughs> trying to do that, but it's. Um, you know, it is it is a choice, isn't it? You know, it is a it is a choice, as you say. What are the um like what what are the uh is secondary school you teach, isn't it? Um, yeah, secondary yeah, school English. Yeah, English, yeah. yeah. 
um what uh like what the what the kids like do they know about like do they know, know about your achievements like <laughs> do, they, do, do they understand the sport and how strong you are and like what like how does that i always that uh at the competitions i always bring in my medal i always like show, i show them videos like they love it it's really good like i think it's important to uh like the school i work at it's in quite like a deprived area so i think it's really important to like yeah have that like positive uh that, that positive kind of role model like in their lives to show big them time, like you, big know, time. Like, you can be successful like someone close to home someone close to home like can be successful like you're not like doing by your like surroundings like you know so i try to make a point of like you know uh, just trying to be like a good role model for them so you know i always show them videos i always show them like bringing my medals for them and i think uh, it helps with like the student teacher relationship as well so it helps to get them on side as well <laughs> hey, that's that's amazing like they must like think you know you, you know, must be like just in all mate and just think he's absolute superhero that's so cool uh, <laughs> like that's um that's that's amazing like what yeah what an amazing inspiration for those kids like i think when you know thinking back to like when i was at school like you, you know sometimes your teachers like you wouldn't really see a personality outside of that yeah um, exactly. <clears throat> and i think you could be saying in the adult world as well like in the in the gym like we try and promote like i've been really bad for it but like i'm actually starting to now like try and promote what i do outside of it as well with like you know i only started posting rugby stuff like a year or two ago and obviously yeah. the, the other guys do the do the same as well i think it's really cool for the kids to um or imagine it's really cool for the kids to see that you know it's not just mr shergill like the, you know the teacher it's actually like jazz this amazing weightlifter on the side as well so like they yeah, give them something to connect to. I think. <coughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. When you, when you give something of, like, of yourself, it gives, you know, it's like, it's, it helps <coughs> to, like, facilitate that relationship, you know. Yeah. It's definitely, it's been, it's been, it's, it's worked well, like, it's been, it's been good for my <coughs> teaching and, you know, hopefully, like, I do, like, show them that, you know, you can, you know, I, I can be, like, a positive, like, role model for them as yeah, well. Yeah, sure, man. Like, like, you can achieve. Than, like, yeah. That's huge, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, Let's uh, let's start from the beginning then. So you said mm -hmm. you've been been weightlifting a long long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, take take us through that and how how it started. Yeah. So I had my first. When people ask me like, when do you start weightlifting, I always say twelve. I, yeah. I had my first competition when I was twelve, but like in reality, like I started exercising, training pretty much as soon as I could walk. <laughs> like my 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 dad got me into weightlifting, and he was like, he really valued being strong, being healthy, being fit. Uh, so he got me into weightlifting, and. So he always, like, I have a lot of brothers and sisters and he, he always cultivated that in all of us. So literally, like, exercising, like, being mindful of, like, your health, that's something that was always important to me, like, for as long as I can remember. And then my first competition I had when I was 12, uh, I weighed 30 kilograms. <laughs> I, I snatched 25, a clean jerk, 35. Uh, I still have my trophy from that day. Yeah. Remember it uh, very clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, mate. You're only 35 kilo now, so it's not much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so cool, man. Just a bit more. Yeah. Does, um, <laughs> like, does, yeah, you certainly do, yeah. Um, what's, uh, what, 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 are you, what are your PBs right now, mate? you got to... Yeah, so I'll go training PBs. I, it's funny, like, if, if, I, if I tell someone my PB, the others in Stats and Clean Jet, they'll probably think I'm a pretty average weightlifter. Yeah, but I'm just really good at like, getting the most out of my body. Yeah. So you say, yeah, I got I got back squat 175, front squat 160, uh, deadlift 190. I did at the MSC powerlifting comp, which is a fun day. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, snatch in training 110 in comp 111, uh, clean and jerk 140 in training 148 in competition. Uh, I've jerked 155. Uh, yeah. Jerked probably my strongest lift. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that that covers like the main. Would you would you, would you put the jerk being your strongest lift down to your speed? Like, do you think that's a speed? Exactly. Yeah, thing, yeah, I'm really good at like changing directions really quickly. Yeah, uh, and the jerk I think is the biggest expression of, of that. Like, yeah. just that, that that short range of motion, that dip and drive. So I think that's why. Uh, Jerked my strongest lift. It always has been. I remember, like, I jerked 150 when I was about 20, 21, <clears> weighing like 62 kilos. And then, like, since then, I, I, I don't train it. Like, I haven't prioritized it. I don't train it. I've done 155 sure. uh, recently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but before I, the like, coming off games, I've, I've, <clears> I've set myself a target. Like, I've wrote it down in my journal. Like, I want to jerk 160 this year. So, 
from a weightlifting point of view, that's like such a great lift to be your strongest at, I think, because yeah, like, I your, <laughs> like your like snatch obviously is, you know, is, is mainly obviously you want to get as, you know, as high a number as possible, but it's about getting on, it's about getting on the board, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then clean and jerks, like where you can pull it back, which again, referencing the British last year, like yeah. or the year before, um, that's, that's what you did. And like, if you can stand it up with that mm-hmm. clean, you know you're in. You know you know you're in business. Definitely to have a strong jerk. To have a strong jerk to save it, like is just really cool. Like that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I love the exercise as well. It's like one of my favorite exercises to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, any like when you were, I, I just want to put that in perspective actually before we move on. So, like any for anyone who's um, sort of dabbled with. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm thinking about your average gym goers and like yeah. trying, to, trying to do a clean and press or clean and jerk. So just to put that into context, Jazz is like, you know, for our listeners, Jazz is, um, you know, what, what do you walk around at? 60, uh, 65. 65 kilo. Uh, 65 kilo uh, guy and cleaning and jerking 148 kilo <laughs> is, uh, is, is pretty, ins- like if you just think about that for a second (laughs) that's amazing and obviously jerking and jerking more than that as well so for uh, mere mortals like myself like that's just like it's hard you know and obviously I've like you you know done a bit of weightlifting in my own training and stuff uh, albeit mainly breakdowns and things like that but just to like for me to try and fathom like that kind of weight is uh, is insane mate so uh, crazy stuff when you when you were growing up obviously like that's that's really obviously amazing to have your you know your parents a big influence in that with it like was it um strength sports only for you did you play any other sports like growing up or was it yeah it was, weightlifting? Always, it, was always, it was always strength sports yeah 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 it was, it was always that thing I, I was always committed from a young age like it was never a hobby for me like even when sure. i was 12 13 i felt like an athlete yeah like, I had that mindset like it wasn't a hobby it wasn't something I played like it was something I took seriously like even from from that young age from 12 from 13 you know it's something I always took seriously so I committed I committed to everything like literally from 12 like I wasn't uh I didn't like uh I played a couple of other sports like at school but in terms of like seriously trying to get better at it was, it was always just weightlifting yeah the other sports were like just a sidetrack like it was just very very single, single-minded, really, in yeah. terms of your your preference of sports. And from an early age, it was like, right, this is my sport. This is what I want to, you know, this is what I want to excel in. Definitely. Uh, even at twelve, I knew it was something I was going to do my whole life. Uh, and I've just, you know, I've had like ups, I've had downs, but it was something I always knew I was going to see through, like even from a young age. Yeah, talking about the ups, mate. Um, that moves us quite nicely onto the next. Uh, next sort of bit um so obviously you competed uh for england in the uh, commonwealth games in glasgow in 2014 mm-hmm. um you know what an incredible achievement i mean talk us talk talk us through that obviously you were balance, balancing uni at the time is that right yep so i was doing my english degree at coventry i was 21 when i competed and it was uh what means the most to me about the games was actually the journey to the games uh it was very tight like I had a lifter I was competing against in my weight category. His name was uh, Christoph Michaelis and me and him were back and forth. And I remember like, uh, this, this goes back to like, when, when I said, I, I was serious about it from when I was 12, you know, I had that long-term vision. Uh, I remember losing to this lifter when I was 13, this, this, the same lifter, okay. I lost to him yeah. when I was 13. And then I, I won my first competition. I won the best lifter award when I was 12. And, you know, and uh, so I was like, a, in my, in my way, I, was, I felt like the best young lifter in my country. And I remember like, I went to a competition in Manchester and then uh, I, was, I was 13, it was a year later, and he like, outlifted me easily. And, uh, I was 13 at the time and then uh, I remember like, being really down about it, uh, being really down about it. And then like, literally we, we compete, we've been competing against each other like, since then uh, like, a number of times. Uh, he would always get the better of me. Like from from the age of thirteen, and then I beat him for the first time when I was about nineteen, twenty, but eighteen, wow. about eighteen, nineteen. So that's how much perseverance Amazing. it took. So when when I said I was serious about seeing this through, that that's what I mean. Like I did, I wasn't going to give up. Like you know, I lost to him when I was thirteen, 
the first time I beat him, I was 18, 19, but it wasn't over at that point. Like, he beat me the next comp, you know, I beat him the next comp. Then it all came down to uh, the last qualifier, literally. And then I won on my third attempt, like, to qualify for the games. And it was, a, it's a, it, it took my third attempt. I remember I, I beat him on my second lift, my second attempt. Uh, but then the jury overturned my lift because of a press out, so I had to repeat it. So wow. just, yeah, so just that moment, it was kind of, it was defining for me because it encapsulated my whole journey, like starting when I was 12, losing to him when I was 13, getting yeah. to better of him again, losing again, that back and forth, and it all came down to just that third attempt, uh, you know, having to nail that for, uh, to qualify for the games. And that's what secured it. So when I, when I say, when I say like that Commonwealth Games means a lot to me, it's like because of that whole journey, it's not because of like the prestige of the event. It means a lot to me, of course, but uh, it's just that whole journey, that, that commitment from when I was 12, that perseverance, that's what makes that game memorable to me. Uh, so qualifying for it almost meant more to me than, than competing at the games for me. Amazing, like, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the process, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you like you like leaving those. Uh, you you like leaving it till the last lift. I know. He <laughs> <laughs> was a really good lifter, by the way. He doesn't. Yeah. I haven't seen him compete for a while, but he was a really good, really good lifter. Yeah, yeah. There's some good lifters around those weight classes, isn't there? Um, yeah. You know, it's very competitive. So, um, mate, that's yeah, um, unbelievable. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, what what was it? What was it like to sort of pull on the the vest for the first time as well? Like the you know the England. England yeah, it was, my first time. it was my first time representing England. It was only my third international. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't daunting. Uh, again, you know, the, pro- the process, was it, was it again because of the process and, you know, because you have such a focus on the process, like, it was like, right, I've got, I've got my jersey now. I'm here at the yeah. games. I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm the best I can be. Is that- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I felt like I belonged there because of my commitment to the process, because I, I you know, qualifying for it, uh, you know, I I, I, you know, I, was, I was proud to qualify. <clears throat> I was proud to qualify for it. I knew I trained hard to get there. I felt like I belonged there, uh, and that confidence in my preparation, that feeling of like belonging there, it just made it such a fun experience. That's like, great. I wasn't, I, I wasn't daunted at all, honestly. Like it was my it was my first multi sport games ever. Yeah. Like you know the, the, the lights, the cameras thrusting the face. Like it didn't change anything. Like seeing myself, there was a moment actually like. Uh, I remember coming out, I can't remember which lift it was, but I, I walked out and I, I, I noticed myself on the big screen. Uh, just, just for like a fraction of a second, I just thought, this is so weird. You thought, what the, what's going on And I reverted back to reality. Yeah, you were able so, to switch back pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, probably a good so, thing. Exactly. <laughs> so other than that fraction of a second, like, it just, I was just performing how I, how I knew I was ready to. Uh, and it was just because I have that, that freedom when I compete, you know, I, I let go of what the event means. Uh, I let I let go of uh, projecting very specific goals because, I, like I say, probably even more so in rugby, you can't. There's so much you can't control. Yeah. Like there's so much you can't control that it's, it's to me it's almost silly trying to overanalyze your over project your performance to the most minute details because it will never play out how you expect it to. So, so think, true. So true. Yeah. So I think understanding that. Uh, gives you a freedom when you perform and that's what that's what makes me love competing and that's what makes me like a good performer I think amazing yeah you get you definitely get people who are like some people who are good good in training not so good on the platform and and vice versa and that and that's the same across all sports really you know got uh you know in rugby we say we say uh you know he trains like uh Tarzan but plays like Jane yeah. you know it's uh <laughs> you know so, some people are better on the platform than others um Wicked. With uh, just interesting, actually, with the, with, the, with those Commonwealths. Um, did you get like? First of all, I think it's amazing that you could enjoy that yeah, experience, definitely. and that that, that 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 makes me quite happy that you did. Like, I think a lot of athletes would like that. You, you, you hear about some athletes, you know, when they're looking back at the career. Obviously, you're you're right mm-hmm. in the middle of it, but some people looking back and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, I didn't really enjoy this event or that event yeah. because of the the stress and because of the pressures, and I didn't really take it take it in." But it sounds like you were really able to take in that whole yeah that whole experience. I mean, what a wonderful what a wonderful thing, you know? 
Thank you. I think what you talked about with like the stress, like uh, I think the reason I can compete so freely is like I put myself through the stress in training. Like I, yeah. I make I make yeah. training hell. Like <laughs> yeah. like I put my like I I don't, I don't just mean like heavy weights all the time. I mean like I put myself in like uncomfortable positions. Yeah. I put myself through discomfort. I do things I'm not good at. Uh, I take small jumps. I take big jumps. I take short rests. I take long rests. Uh, I'm, you know, I make training miserable, <laughs> and yeah. I think that's why. I, that's why you know I face all my fears in training, and I mm -hmm. think that's why when it comes to competition, that's why I can have that freedom, and that's why I can compete freely because I, 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 you know, I make I make sure I face all my fears in training. You don't want to face a fear for the first time in competition. That's not not the time to do it. <laughs> no, and like you say, you prepare yourself as best as possible because on the on the day you know, there are, there are variables and there are things that, that can happen, you know, so it's just like the preparation so key, isn't it? And um, put, putting yourself through those different scenarios in, in training mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and, and training hard and like, yeah, again, like just to, you know, just to bore people with rugby example, like one that, you know, on a Tuesday night quite often we'll have our, like, you know, it's, it's harder than a Saturday sometimes. Yeah. You know, we're absolutely flogging it and doing, you know, doing some pretty uncomfortable uh, bits and pieces. And then on a Saturday you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, I've done like a, you know, 10 minute defensive set. I mm -hmm. know we can, you know, do this. I know we can do that. So uh, exactly. that's, that's really cool, mate. I think that's. Yeah. I always say, uh, I always say like, if you hide in training, you get found out in competition. And that's that's what I always mm. always tell myself. So you know, I make sure to face any, you know anything I'm worried about, anything I'm anxious about, I, I face it in training first. Mate, might have to steal that one. That's a good. That's a good one. <laughs> quality, mate. Quality. Um, awesome. So, like, obviously, you had the high. You had the high of Glasgow in 2014, and we're gonna um, sort of skip ahead a little bit and take mm -hmm. take a slightly darker turn. So, um, between I think it was like 2016, 2018. Um, exactly. Yeah. You had uh, you, you you had a bad injury, mm -hmm. um, which you know for anyone who's um, you know I mean even you know general pop guys know how frustrating it is to be injured, but like especially if you're a competitive athlete and it's such a burning passion, yeah. um, you know to to go through the you know that injury and that length of time and the complications you had must have been very very tough. Do you want to talk us through through that? Yeah, it was. So 2014 with the Commonwealth Games, I had the high of that. The 2015 English Championships, I had probably had the best performance, one of the best performances of, of my career. Uh, I set PBs in flats, PBs in clean jerk. So 2014, great. 2015, even better. So I was on that upward trajectory. Uh, and then 2016, I think it was, I, I, I injured my wrist, uh, falling backwards on a, on a PB attempt on a clean. And then what made the experience the injury so prolonged wasn't the injury itself it was how i managed it uh you know just always lessons like learned you know i've everything i've learned i've learned from mistakes so you know i've I made i've made sure to like draw from that experience but i didn't manage it well i i rushed to uh train again i i and there was a period when i thought okay i'll just rest it and then try again in a month you know so I, my wrist just got weak and i, I re-injured it and then what really got me in a hole was that there was this period of this cycle of injury and re-injury just because of how poorly I, I managed my injury. And then it got to the point where the 2018 Commonwealth Games were looming. And then having those on the horizon, it just made everything worse because it put me in the position where I felt like I needed to train hard, I needed to qualify for that Games. And then again, that, made, that didn't help at all because it made me manage it even worse. I, I rushed to train. Uh, I didn't rehab it properly and I, I kept, I kept re-injuring it and it got to the point where I, I missed, I missed the whole qualifying period and an event like the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, I was, I was just, I was, I was happy to be there. You know, the journey meant a lot to me. The 2018 Gold Coast Games was the Commonwealth Games I thought I could medal in. Uh, but I, I literally missed the whole qualifying process just due to a, that, that cycle of injury and re-injury. So that was a, like the worst time in my career, you know. Uh, I was in such good shape as well uh, in 2015 uh, before I injured my wrist. So that was a really, like a really tough time. Uh, what, what, what helped me uh, once, you know, the 2018, once the, the prospect of the games passed, uh, was just focusing on, you know, what was necessary. That's what I wasn't doing. That's what I wasn't doing at the time. I was focusing on, like, 
what was on the horizon, like the, the Commonwealth Games. And having that, that distracted focus led me to mismanage my injury. Uh, so what helped me come back from that was just focusing on, okay, what do I need to do today to sort this wrist out? Uh, what are my immediate objectives? Ob objectives. So I think it tied back in with uh, what we're talking about earlier about focusing on the process and that shift uh, for me, like finally got my wrist there. I, I stopped thinking about competitions. I stopped thinking about what was on the horizon. Uh, I just focused on, okay, what do I need to do today for my wrist? What do I need to do tomorrow? What do I need to do this week? And that's when it clicked. That's when my wrist got better. And that's when I was able to come back. I mean, like it's it, it was the like you say putting that that timeline on it got you in trouble, really, didn't it? You know that yeah. like I say that competition, which is completely understandable. You come off the back of a you know amazing experience in Glasgow in the 2014 Commonwealth Games, and you've had your best you know best one of your best performances ever at 2015, and you you, you know you want to build, and then like to get that injuries so frustrating and it's so um you know i can certainly relate to trying to trying to come back from an injury too quickly um so you know that's a that's gonna be understandable understandable thing but as you say reverting back to thinking in the micro rather than like the macro and yeah. thinking like right let's get myself better let's be able to get into certain positions again let's start to build the training yeah. you know back to back to you know where we want it um, yeah. and almost like putting that out the out the back of your back of your mind um, the macro the macro is the first step like you know just, just so you can set a timeline just so you the can skeleton set the skeleton like the framework exactly but once i've set the macro like goal i then really like you, you don't think about it yeah and, you know you shifted then you shift your focus on what do i need to do today what do i need to do tomorrow and that's when things started to click like in terms of my training and my, and my injury, I really think that approach is, is, is like a, a big part of like my success. Yeah, amazing. Like we, you know, obviously we talked about, um, you know, mental strength and anyone who knows you knows how, you know, how, how that's, you know, one of, one of your best assets is, is how mentally strong you are. That must have been really tested during that, during that time. Did you, you know, did you ever think about, you know, did, did giving up ever come into your mind or was it like, you know, I mean, and this is obviously a personal thing and yep. feel, free, feel free to answer it or not, or not answer it. But was there any dark times in there where, you know, it, you know, you just got, you got down? Yeah, it was, it was a difficult time, but never for a second, like, I thought about giving up. Uh, that's, the, that's the elite mentality there. Yeah. Awesome. Literally, like, not for a second. Like, it was difficult. Uh, I mismanaged it. I didn't manage it correctly. I made it harder than it should have been. But yeah. I, I always knew, like, on the other side of this discomfort, on the other side of this test, there was, there was something, like, to be gained. And literally not, not for a second, like, I, did I think about giving up. That's awesome, mate. That's quality. That's, that's uh, such a, again, great example of, like, that, that mental side of sport. I think a lot of people, even going back to when, when you started and there was a guy who beat you when you were 13 and it was a bit yeah. of a shark, you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people would just, you know, go into their shell and give up. But... I think like, you know, like psychology um, and I'm no expert, but like in life as well as, you know, in sport is how you react to things. I think like makes you or breaks you, doesn't it? Exactly. And I think <clears throat> when you have trying times, I think the other side of those times is where growth is. So whenever, whenever I'm finding something difficult, I just remind myself that, you know, I can face it and grow, uh, or I can stay where I am. So, you know, you can choose comfort or you can choose growth. And so whenever I'm faced with like a difficult situation, I just, you know, I've got that phrase in my journal, like choose growth. So that's always what I, like, what I tell myself, like yeah. when, I'm, when I'm facing something difficult. Yeah. And choose is the, the, the key word there, isn't it? Or choice. You know? Exactly. Just having yeah. that mindfulness to know like what you do today determines who you are, you know, who you'll be yeah. tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Fantastic, mate. I mean, th this is uh, this is the exciting part of the podcast. Well, yeah. it's, all, it's all it's all been very exciting, but this is the the peak moment where I become a bit of a bit of a fanboy. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to uh, the British Championships mm -hmm. in uh, 2019. Um, so myself and a few few of the guys from uh, from MSC came down to watch, and I've been very fortunate that in my life. I've been to 
a lot of sporting events um, in various different sports. I've grown up sport mad. So like, you know, when I was a kid going to Twickenham to watch England or like, you know, going to, going to watch a football or whatever, like, you know, was, was a big part of my life. And like, you know, as I say, I was very fortunate to have seen probably, you know, a, a more than average amount of, of live sport and live games. Um, so, and, and that, you know, that British championships there, that, <laughs> that, that moment where you hit that last clean and jerk, like, I've, like I said it at the time that like, that's, you know, that's probably the best moment of live sport I've ever seen. Thank you, well. and I'll, I'll, I really appreciate that, mate. I'll, I'll stick by that. Yeah. I'll stick by that. Like that wasn't that wasn't heat at the moment. Um, and as I say, I've seen a lot, lot of different things. You know, I've I've been lucky enough. Uh, got a couple of decent contacts at FIFA. Went to the World Cup final in <laughs> Russia in 2018. I've been to like you know World Cup games in rugby. Like for for a single moment, like for mm-hmm. a 30 second or 60 second moment. I mean, the lift was obviously a lot quicker, but just to build up <laughs> the the aftermath, like for that one minute is probably the best yeah. minute minute of live sport I've ever seen. So, um, first of all, mate, talk, um, do, you, do you want to uh, talk us through the the story of what happened, and then yeah. we can go through kind of the mindset and the emotion yeah. and stuff like that. So, talk talk about numbers and yeah. your opponent and things like that, just so people have got an idea who, who weren't aware yeah. of it. The funny thing about the experience is that on the outside, it seemed like such a random circumstance, the way it panned out, uh, you know, the way the attempts happened, uh, the weights I took, they actually unfolded exactly how I thought it would. Uh, the lifter I was competing against, uh, his name's Haroon Siraj, he's a really good lifter. Yeah, strong guy. Um, yeah, great lifter. And I, I knew he'd outsmash me. Uh, so it, it unfolded exactly how I thought it would. So I snatched 110. He snatched one seventeen, so already he was uh, seven kilos in front of me. I've got to try to remember all these numbers now. <laughs> that's a <laughs> so that's like, a that's a big gap in weightlifting, right? For yeah. those who aren't aware, like that's a that's a substantial amount to make up. Definitely, you don't see it often overcome uh, a seven kilo gap. So after the snatch, he was seven kilos in front of me. He snatched three out of three. I snatched two out of three. But he he lifted really great. Uh, so he was seven kilos in front of me. And then after the clean jerk is where it got interesting. <laughs> so I clean jerk 130, he clean jerk 140, I think it was. So at this point, uh, at this point, he was 17 kilos in front of me. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At this point, he was 17 kilos in front of me. And I've, you know, I've never seen a gap like that overcome. Uh, but it unfolded how I thought it would. I, I told myself I would open 130 and then I would wait. Uh, whatever he took, I was going to do 18 kilos more. That, that's, that's what I told myself. So I put 130 down. I did it. Uh, you, you probably noticed like when I lifted it, I walked on, I lifted it, I walked off. There was no celebration. There was, was no like... Yeah, it was business. Over. It was business. Yeah. Exactly. I knew that was just, all right, I'm going to do 130 and then I'm going to wait. So I walked on stage, I did 130 and walked off. And then I just waited. This is like the plan all, all, all along. I do whatever he does, I will do. And at this point, the number meant nothing to me. Uh, if I needed 140, I'll take it. If I needed 145, if I needed 150, uh, the number was, was arbitrary. Like, whatever it was, I was going to put it on the bar. So he did once, he opened 135. I put mine up to 143. Uh, he did 140. I put mine up to 148. So, I, I, you know, there was, this wasn't a day for third attempt. This wasn't a day for building my total. I did one thirty. I was going to wait. Whatever he did, I was, I was going to do 18 kilos more uh, in, in total. And then he did 140. And I put 148 on the bar. And then you went, the, rest you, is, uh, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> you, went, you went from 130 to 148. I'll never forget, like, yeah. there was like... <laughs> It was like a gasp in the crowd and like I was like looking around like this guy's crazy like it was it, uh, was, it was it was the intention the whole time like open one thirty, whatever i need take that was the intention was that was that the, was, the number was arbitrary was that 130 just to save like just to save a little bit like was that is that why you opened on 130 
or were you just trying to sort of match him at the start or well no you didn't match him because he went 140 didn't he but like what made you sort of go 130 at the start and then the yeah it, it was the uh, just a surprise factor <laughs> you know Mate, it, that, that, that's what it was 130 you surprised us you surprised us like you know we we're with you pretty much day in day out in the, yeah. in the gym and like <laughs> It took us by uh, by surprise, that's for sure. So uh, for your for your opponent, it must have uh, must have rattled him. Yeah, um, that, that was the intention behind that. I wanted to come out of nowhere, put him in a position where he thought he was going to win. Yeah. To a position where he's forced to take more than one forty eight, even though he, he, that would that would put his total well above mine. But because I I've done forty eight, he's forced now to go have to go more than one forty eight. He's got to go up. Had, yeah. That's why he had to go one one forty nine. So that that was the intention behind that. It was just uh, just come out of nowhere and go from eighteen kilos behind, seventeen kilos behind. Sorry, just to to, to first place. So that that was the intention behind behind the big jump. And again, for for people who um, aren't too familiar with weightlifting, that's you know to go from one thirty to one one forty eight is a humongous jump. I mean, like just just um, just just for your sort of fair weather weightlifting, you know, fan. Um, what would be your what would be your normal sort of jump from one thirty? I mean, five kilos. Yeah, five kilos, and then for a sec, like for first or second, approximately five kilos. Second to third, a couple of kilos. Yeah, so I've, just, I've never, just, I've never seen, you know, I've never seen a bigger jump. To be honest, no, I haven't. I have, in, I haven't any, seen in any, in any, in any level of weightlifting yeah. I've never seen. A big jump, no. So that, yeah. I've been way bigger in training. Just to just to put that into context again for people, like that's you know he's done one, just done one thirty, normal step again. You know you're talking you know five kilos probably second lift, and you do one five, you know one one thirty, one three five, one three eight, something like that. But to go from one thirty to one four eight, so that's an eighteen kilo jump, whereas a normality is like five kilo max, isn't it? Um, to put a bit more context it was, into it, my best training clean jerk was one forty. Uh, that, 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 I have this whole podcast that's the one for me like mm-hmm. is your normal clean and jerk and training or your, your best clean and jerk and training 140 yeah and then cycle and then you hit it once you hit 140 once mm-hmm. and then I can even remember you trying to hit like those one, yes. 138s 140s 143 I got buried by uh, I couldn't come out the clean yeah, is that MSC? The yeah, I think at one forty, and I I couldn't get out of one forty three. So yeah, that one what an unbelievable example of like someone who's a natural born competitor, like to go you know to to your best in training. One for a lot of people, um, am I wrong in thinking like for a lot of people like their training lifts will be better than their competition lifts? Yeah, yeah. So Charles. Yeah, so to put it into context, Jazz is best in the gym, one forty, and then like in the on the platform of the biggest like national competition there is, to go from one thirty past his you know just <laughs> just nonchalantly skip past one forty, the best he's ever done, and hit one four eight, was absolutely insane. Like and just <laughs> just again the men that we keep talking about it, but like the mental strength and belief to stand that up in the platform a whole eight kilos which for a beginner isn't uh, you know might not be a lot but for an advanced lifter eight kilos above pb is unheard of and it was just honestly i can't like i told you i was gonna be a bit of a fanboy here but like (laughs) it was just an unbelievable moment the build-up like from when that got announced on the on the board um you know 148 everyone's you know even Mm. No one backs you, backs you there more than we do, but even we're looking yeah. at each other thinking <laughs> he's gone, he's gone mad here. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I found funny the juxtaposition of the whole thing. Like on the outside, it looked like this crazy scenario, but in my head, it worked out. It, literally it was controlled. It was controlled and thought through. One hundred percent. It worked. It unfolded exactly how I thought it would. I knew I'd be behind in this match, and then I knew I'd have to come back for a big attempt in the clean jerk, and that's why I opened light because I had confidence in my ability to take that jump and to win. Like if I didn't have that confidence, I wouldn't have done that because I wouldn't have backed myself to do that. If I, I would have just like built a total, 
and hope for him to do poorly or whatever. But that wasn't my approach. Uh, yeah, he was lifting well. Approach. He was he was on fire, wasn't he? He got GB total. Yeah. So he lifted he lifted to his best. Uh, but I think what what some, one, one thing I want to talk about about why I think that worked out so well is uh, one thing I do b- before competition is I I I overestimate my opponent as much as I possibly can. Like that, that's that's what I, I always do before competition. So when I was thinking about uh, when I was thinking about when I needed to hit, I, I, I was I was expecting him. I forced myself to expect him to set PBs snap snap, to set PBs on clean jerk, uh, to exceed what he's done. You know, I, I forced myself to overestimate my opponents uh, rather than because that's where uh, your confidence and your ability to win comes in. Like, yeah. the, but when you're hoping for someone to lift poorly. Uh, Mm. in order for you to win that's when it comes down to a lack of belief in your preparation and a lack of belief in your ability so that's, that's one thing I encourage and I, I, something I don't hear talking about a lot uh, so in any in any uh, sport that's something I really encourage like force yourself to overestimate uh, your opponent that's something I, I think it's really a really healthy mindset to have going into a competition know that, know that you're absolutely going to have to bring your A game and yeah, even more exactly. yeah Love it when a plan comes together, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, as uh, as I say, just what what a battle, what a moment of life sport that was like, and just that, as I say, that sixty minutes, that sixty seconds, sorry, from like seeing that, you know, Jazz is going for one four eight, the commentators can believe it, yeah. and then like just hitting that jerk, mate, in the moment afterwards, like what, like that was amazing for us watching. How did it feel for you? At the time, like you probably notice, again, I just walked off. Like I didn't celebrate, and the reason for that was because I knew he had another lift left, and I knew I had another lift left. Yeah. So that's why that's why I didn't celebrate. Like even in that moment, I just cleaned up my forty-eight. In my head, I was thinking, okay, if he gets a third, I'm gonna take another lift. Yeah. Like that. That even in that moment, I didn't relax. Again, Uh, that that comes back to like the the pre mindset of thinking that he is gonna just like exactly be hitting everything and he exactly. did he did until that last lift yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh so so you, you know in in that lift like you know I, I didn't celebrate it was my second lift he had one he had another lift i had another lift uh, i knew it wasn't over so i didn't relax uh there was no celebration i i waited for him and you know when he missed his third you know then 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 the emotion like came out you know then, then i could relax uh you know then i could ex- exhale amazing amazing <laughs> quality mate um yeah mate i don't know where to go from that i mean to be honest it's just going to ra- round off um yeah. and just uh sort of you know obviously the, the, i really hope this gets a lot of listeners because it's been a very very inspirational podcast mate. Thank you, um so for perhaps a you know a, a young weightlifter or someone looking to get into into weightlifting um you know is there is there any any advice you'd you'd give i know that's quite broad yeah. but anything that pops into your head yeah so in this is my 16th year of weightlifting and you know there's lots of you know lots of things i can say about technique and lots of things i can say about programming uh but honestly like in my 16 years of weightlifting the most important thing i can say to a beginner is to listen to your coach like from the beginning you know uh listen to your coach you know have that humility to accept that someone knows better for you than you do uh, and I think that's where success will come. Like, of, of course, question. Of course, ask questions. Of course, and try to understand uh, uh, understand right. why your coach is telling you what you're doing. But you, you have to listen, listen to your coach. I really think like it's, it's something that simple is one of the most important things I've learned. And I think I would even like myself. Like, I would have learned a lot of things a lot quicker uh, if, if I listened to a lot of my early coaches. Uh, uh, a lot more op- openly so you know everything I've learned I've learned through mistakes so, <laughs> so after, you know with a long career I made a lot of mistakes but I've learned a lot of lessons so that, that's honestly probably the single most important thing I could say to your beginning lifter uh, I think in this environment as well I think they're oversaturated with information oversaturated with knowledge uh, it's so easily accessible but I really think there's the best thing you can do find a coach uh, listen to him and just have that long-term build-up and consistency. Something I've, I've seen you talk about uh, where success comes from doing, you know, the same 
group of things over a consistent amount of time. Uh, yeah. You know, it didn't come from jumping jumping around diff to, to different methodologies. Yeah. So I really, I really do think the most important thing: uh, find a coach, listen to him, and just build. Man, that's all. I, I like that. Listen to the coach. Anyone, any listen of my, if any, <laughs> yeah. if any of my clients are listening to this, and uh, take that, take that on board. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's um, yeah, the, the, and you talk about like sustainability and you know longevity and stuff, and that's 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 huge as well. I think any uh, top athlete I've seen, that's, uh, that's that's an absolute you know absolute must, um, and just trust in the process. Um, so unbelievable. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that, that bit of a, bit of advice and. To be honest, mate, I think we've—I uh, mean, we could talk all day, but I think yeah. we've, uh, we've we've covered the uh, we've we've covered the, the topics we wanted to. Um, so thank you very much, Jazz, for taking the no, time. Good conversation. Us. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, and I hope to see you back at MSC very soon. <laughs> um, so uh, excellent. Thank you, Jazz, and thank you to all of our uh, all of our viewers and listeners. Um, I say listeners because we're now on uh, Spotify uh, as well as uh, our YouTube channel. So uh, YouTube, if you want to see mine and Jazz's handsome faces and uh, Spotify, if, uh, if you don't. Um, so thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you.